Can I just mention something about Tom Huddleston? No. That is a stupid lanky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stop it now. Tom Huddleston is not lanky. Where did that come from? It's a fucking unit. Coffee, <laughs> mate. Well, you're absolutely right. Gentlemen, welcome. Finally, we're back. The Football Basement. Uh, it's a special World Cup preview podcast. Uh, joining me are Matthew Lavery. Hello! David Ameson. Hello. And Seb Hutchison. Hello. And I'm Matt. Hello. Uh, but before we get to the World Cup, uh, the season's finished. And it's been quite an exciting one, I think, in all the different divisions we've all been watching. Uh, probably even in Turkey and Belgium and places like that as well. Uh, what was your favourite? What was your favourite <laughs> moment of this season, uh, Dave? Uh, obviously, my favourite moment of the season was uh, the last day of the season, uh, the football league one season, when uh, when Leeds actually gained promotion, which uh, has Just. been a long time coming, and we managed to roll over the line thanks to uh, a Beckford goal, and he's now gone to Everton. And uh, I wish him the best of luck there. I thought that would be your. I thought the the man you game would be. Oh, I was, was going to say that. No. Uh, it was great, and it was a great feeling when we when we did win there. But you know, no into it. it was, really. We were so desperate to get out of the league that that just. Took but that game prisoners. almost that game almost fucked it for you as well. Exactly. Didn't it? Yeah. You just, like, and it's, and that's kind of taken away from the rose tint of the actual occasion that we yeah. beat Man United. That we went on that terrible run afterwards was awful. Mm. Uh, Seth. Yeah. What What was the question? Uh, your favourite moment or memory from the o nine ten season? Favourite moment and memory. I'd say the standout memory for me, because I have to say an Arsenal memory is the two ties against Barcelona. Yeah. And I would probably say the highlight of that game, and it's strange to say it was actually Fabregas's penalty. Was I was going to say, yeah, that for me, it's Fabregas. Smashing through the broken leg pain barrier to like drag a, a result out of that game. Because in a weird way, it, part of me wishes that was a one-off tie, just a one-off game. How amazing would that have been? Because Arsenal probably in extra time would have gone on to win the game. So yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. Know? yeah. But then also, I think also because I mean, maybe you're not going to feel the same. But I think most people were watching thinking, no matter what Arsenal got out of that first leg, the second leg was always probably going to be a little bit too far for Arsenal in their current form and and. The sort of under the injuries that they'd had this season, I think the first leg was all about how much heart Arsenal could take from it and how much you know self belief and strength they showed and how yeah how great Fabregas was and how great the home support was and then mm. went away to Barcelona and if it went well it went well but yeah and it didn't but I think yeah I think that's a good thing I think my favorite one of my favorite ones it's not the one I'm choosing was also an Arsenal moment though and it's Fenger um, standing up in the stands. <laughs> oh, oh. That's like early on, early. That was funny. Like one of the best pitches, I think, from the that, season was with his arms out, just surrounded, surrounded by, by those like great oh, Man fans. Oh, Absolutely that amazing. Was one, that just was his grin, because he, <laughs> he knew he'd be naughty. He knew he was being a bit daft. What? Uh, what? 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 You see Henri at home just clapping. <laughs> <laughs> but have, you ever, have, you ever, have you ever seen such a moment where you, 
the opposing manager goes up amongst the fans, you just see images of them in the background, just all yeah. going. They're all ready to berate him and show him the finger, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, in about ten seconds, they're just applauded again. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty funny. Well, they all went to laughing as well. That's yeah, like, they all knew it was kind of ridiculous that he was even there. That was an absolute travesty. That game. We should have won that game comfortably. Yeah, I think that set was the tone for a lot of your season. Two-one to Man United. With no own goal, wasn't it? An own goal and a penalty. Yeah, that's that's how you lose to United, old draft. How it's done. Yeah, <laughs> didn't they have ten own goals this season or something like that? That's how England. And that's their, their second or third top scorer, I think. Man United this season. I've heard that. I don't know. Yeah, no. For a long time mm-hmm. in the season. Uh, own goals was their second highest goal scorer behind yeah. Rooney for, for mo- I don't know how it finished but for most of the season that is alright uh, shall I go next yeah alright well my one again it's quite obvious a bit like Dave's it's Chelsea's historic double Ugh. what <laughs> yeah, yeah Chelsea happened. did the double that yeah. happened Ugh. but I think specific moments from it would be uh, beating John Arsenal Tate. doing a double over Arsenal and Man U and the last day 8-0 First time ever, isn't it? Of Wigan. The and the fact that, you know, they managed to like, rack up 103 goals and, so you know, that's a club record and kind of, you know, I think the only, the only problem, the only thing I would take away from it is that we should have won that title so much earlier yeah, in the season. Yeah, Like how we didn't just walk away with it in March. Mm. We sort of were our own worst enemies a lot, of, a lot of it. But then, I mean, that 8-0, that 8-0 thrashing of Wigan was just... just I can't believe it. Wigan, I just couldn't even believe it. It was a great game, but Wigan... Yeah. Oh, we're done. Yeah, but it's, I think it's the fact that it's, the ghost. I mean, no, no right team in in the Premier League would lose to Wigan, especially when they're two and up. No. They've been on the end. They've been on the end of some. <laughs> <laughs> no, Why did you not let us? Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> two nil up with ten minutes to go. Generally speaking, when you turn up at half time against Wigan, you win eight or nine nil. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That's yeah. sort of the rule. That's the progression. Yeah, but most <laughs> most teams that happen to don't have Lucas Fabianski in goal. That's true. That's true. That's the other rule. So that one of your memories of the season is the last time you saw Fabianski play for Arsenal yeah. or Almuni. The last time I probably saw, hopefully, fingers crossed, Fabianski, Almuni, probably Vito Manoni, my God. This is probably the last time I've seen Gallas. I don't think he'll be back because his Cesc, contract's Cesc, done. Obviously. Yeah. Cesc, Cesc is true. a weird one. I could, I could, well, I could see Cesc doing, doing what happened with Henri is the prolonged, and Vieira actually, the prolonged yeah. extra season. And then they get him for cheaper. Do you not think this like was the prolonged extra season? He has to leave last year, remember? No, no. Uh, the problem, the problem Barcelona have is that he's twenty-three years of age and he's got four or five years on his contract. So for Arsenal, yeah, yeah. it's going to be very, very expensive. Would well, you see the statement they released tonight? They re- they rejected the offer. Barcelona made a formal Should formal do. offer today. Yeah, only Arsenal said it unequivocal. They said we we the first thing we did was re- was reject it, and uh, we have absolutely no intention of selling our captain. And um, we and Barca told us that. You know, if we turned it down, they'd respect our decision and we expect them to like, honour that promise. And whether that's just a way of making them go away and come back and have a 10 million quid. Or yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that respecting a decision. How, yeah, yeah, exactly. how much should they pay for Ibrahimovic and uh, Villa? 40 million. Well, Villa was 38, wasn't he? He's just gone for it. Yeah, and, and, and Ibrahimovic. Well, that was an exchange for Eto'o. Both that's players million million and Eto'o. And Eto'o. Who, were close, who were closer to 30 than Fabregas is. Mm. And the amazing thing is Barcelona could, could buy Fabregas for 40 million and still sell them for a profit. Yeah. They, they won't be. They wouldn't be able to do that with Villa or Ibrahimovic. No, he's no, a valuable asset. He's Arsenal's captain. He's the most important player. He's young and he's got loads of years left in his contract. Yeah. There's absolutely but no reason like, I mean, why Arsenal hard, should accept that. It's hard to Barca, isn't it? And that's, that's the only thing that could swing it, I think, is that... I reckon he'll go. He wants to go. Yeah. Mm. So, All right, Matt, uh, your 
Oh shit. Moment of the season. I don't know. The whole season? It was a bloody good whole moment. season. Good one for you guys. For Sunderland, it was okay. Good, good first half. Well, was it half? Maybe yeah, we beat Arsenal. Third. We drew with Man United. Good, we one could for, have won. good one for beach balls as well. Good. Yeah, we beat Liverpool. No, Sunderland were okay. We had a very poor mid section of the season. Um, I you were talking about Canada. We sort of finished. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't like it. We had a very old mid field general. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I just think Sunderland sort of finished where we ex- like where we at the start of the season optimistically. I thought we might even finish top half. We probably should have done. The fact we didn't, I think it's been a disappointing season. Considering your, you know, you had a striker who's, who scored what twenty four goals in the league. Yeah, he's got to be the shining light of the season. Now, yeah, for, for Sunderland, yeah. So but well. For me, so if he, if he, if this, if your striker proves himself for the World Cup, yeah, good. He's no, going. <laughs> no, for me, the, se- the the highlight of the season wasn't Sunderland. It wasn't my favourite season as a Sunderland fan. Um, but as a football fan, I thought the title race was just very funny to watch like with nobody really showing any interest in winning it uh, Champions League was phenomenal Barcelona and Real Madrid chasing it out in Spain the relegation game, battle the uh, goals all over the place I think uh, this season's just been brilliant good uh, qualifying campaign it's like we said before though I think, I think it's I mean especially in England it's been more exciting it's been more open because it's been lower quality I suppose yeah but then, you know, you can take the lower quality if you get more kind of crazy results, can't you? I mean, I like the fact that people are getting beaten by yeah, right. you know, the smaller like teams that. and that there are. I mean, you had that thing early in the season when Wolves went out against United and they, you know, they put out a weakened team and mm. lost 3-0. But then you saw all these, like, I mean, they won the next two games, didn't they? It's like yeah. raft of, like, other clubs just to come out and have a go at the bigger teams. Yeah. And it made, I think that's what made it a better season. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think the Champions League was great. So I think the Europa League was great. I think that's Europa like, League, yeah. Probably, yeah. I think yeah. Fulham, Fulham is probably the story of the season. Like, if we're, talking, if we're talking European journeys. Yeah, but then even, like, I don't know. Port, I don't, I'm not a Portsmouth fan by any stretch. I don't like what they did, but that's still a great story. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so yeah. many stories this year. And I do miss Ronaldo and... I don't. Well, well, he's a great player. <laughs> I miss watching him play football. Yeah. I don't miss him. Yeah, but that's what I mean. As a, as a, well, not a neutral fan, but as a fan who's not watching one of the big teams with these, you know, Galactico players. Yeah. I do miss Ronaldo. The biggest surprise for me in this season was that the, the the FA Cup final was actually good. It was a good game. Yeah, it actually was a good Brilliant. game. It was watchable. Yeah, it was a watchable game. And, were, up, yeah. and I think it was the amount of misses there were. Oh, it was amazing. It's that moment when Drogba just starts smacking the post. And you knew it. It was. Obviously going to happen as soon as Boateng missed that penalty. The yeah. next oh, chance yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. Thanks yeah. for coming. Oh, but Lampard missed a penalty. And then he missed one and another one. England. Oh, for England, England. Let's, let's not talk about England. Like, can we not talk about England? Not yet. Not at all. Yeah, we've got to talk about England. We've got to say I was in Austria, so. That's pretty worth mentioning. In the person. And it's um, live. So, yeah, I mean, another question <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, we can all just ask at the same time as you can think of one. I was going to say the biggest injustice or the biggest travesty of the season. Dave. League Cup final. Yeah. Middich. Tell us mm. about it. Oh, yeah, good. Mm. Should have been sent off. There's a bigger one. Tell us the story. Would have, would have turned the entire game on its head. Uh, I think it was, what, five, six minutes gone mm-hmm. in the League Cup final? Agbongo went through. Vidic just wrestled him to the ground. Oh, uh, I remember this. No penalty. Would have played on a few minutes oh, of it. Well, we're talking about Villa. One of their injustices was their, their effort in the uh, Europa League. I just thought they bowed out. Of the, everyone forgets that they were in it. They just yeah. bowed out of the competition to yeah, rapid the air. That's barely in it, weren't no, yeah. no fun. They decided to try in the last 10 minutes. Well, I guess O'Neill's, O'Neill's focus would probably at the start of the season have been trying to get fourth place. 
what is the point? Yeah. If you're not going to put an effort, you know, if you're not going to pay the tournament some sort of dues, what is the Why point? Why enter in the first place? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Like, what's yeah. the, what's the, you could, I mean, you say he's trying to get fourth place. What's the point in trying to get fourth? You should, you, they should be trying to win everything, shouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's a trophy? And then also, winning breeds success. You know, if Villa go out in the midweek in Europe and win a game, then the next weekend they've got confidence they'll win mm. that game. And Absolutely. Look at Fulham. You know, Fulham didn't get sucked into a relegation battle and their yeah. squad's probably That's as big true. as Villa's. Smaller. Smaller, probably, Smaller yeah. if anything, even yeah. though you know, they finished behind them. Biggest injustice of the season besides Barcelona not scoring in the first half against Arsenal <laughs> oh, and God, Arsenal yeah. not being Manuel Old Trafford, which we mentioned already. Yeah. It's got to be Thierry Henry's handball. Ah, mm. oh, that's a good one. I hadn't even thought of that. That's it's just got criminal. To be. If anybody saw that game, Ireland outplayed France in yeah. terms of yeah. in, the belief in, of, in the belief of feeling they could win the game, and they were yeah. they went one 0 up deservedly, and then I think Robbie Keane had an excellent opportunity, one against one. Maurice was France's best player. Yeah. Mm. They France bizarrely played two defensive midfielders, which I just couldn't understand considering the type of team that Ireland are. Yeah. Alright, so I want to go around. I want one name from each of you. Uh, hero of the season, Matt Lavery. That's not my hero of the season, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're pretty good. Mate. Thank you very much. Um, oh, God. I haven't God? thought about this. So, no, 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 no. Sorry, that is putting you on the spot. <laughs> 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 okay, so my Sam's idea, and I go to you first. Sorry, uh, I just wanted to be the longest till I have to say. Bolt from the blue, the answer, and I, uh, I've got a same, I guess, would be Adam Grant. Like, Good shout. Um, he's the one who springs to mind. As I said earlier, I don't care for Portsmouth as a club particularly, um, but the achievement he made, um, you know, the fact that he kept them going for as long as he did. And they've all fallen in love with him. Like they all, all love him, all, all the fans, yeah, yeah. all of the players. Abbey. Uncle Abby, yeah. You know, fair play to him. I, especially after, as, to do it in the Premiership as well. Obviously, he was a world renowned coach before he came across with Chelsea, but I think. The fact that he got to the Champions League final and just missed out on the Premier League title wasn't enough. Uh, you know, people didn't really take to him at Chelsea, yeah. and he, his reputation wasn't exactly fantastic when he left. To come back in and sort of really show, well, I actually am a bit special. Mm. Um, yeah, he does it sort of shamelessly as well. He does it in a sort yeah. of like, you know, I've got nothing to be, nothing to be embarrassed about or whatever. You know, and he's not an ego. He just gets on with exactly, it. He's, yeah. I think he's a pretty nice bloke and fair play to him. And good luck to West Ham with him next year because I think he'll do quite well. But, yeah, which is a shame because I don't like West Ham. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Hero. Dave? Um, Hodgson for me. Yeah. Right, Hodgson. Uh, did it again. Possible next Inter Milan manager. Mm. Possible next England manager. Oh. Yeah, uh, I think um, I think his the performance in the Europa League in uh, for Fulham was phenomenal. The amount of very good teams they beat. Uh, obviously, the league form slightly dwindled because of that run in Europe. But at the same time, they were already well clear of relegation, so they didn't really have anything to worry about. No, no, just a fantastic performance at a very, very, you know, mediocre live within their means club. Um, I was actually going to say Roy Hudson. So thanks for that, Dave. <laughs> Bloody welcome to uh, I'm going to replace Roy Hodgson with a team. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I'm going yeah. to do that. Heroic team. And that team is the England under 17s. Do go on. Who uh, won. So I didn't expect you to say do go on. I just wanted to end <laughs> on that. I have no idea why you said that. <laughs> because the England under 17s, you might not be aware of this, but they won uh, England's first 
international competition at any sort of age group level right. since 1993. Holy shit. And they beat Spain in the final. Well, we've got plenty news. Why are we yeah, not out in the streets dancing around we should be. right now? We should be celebrating mm-hmm. a European Championship and to beat yeah. Spain as well at that level. Mm. They've won pretty much everything. They're, not, they're bound to have some decent kids in that team, aren't they? Exactly. And, and the, the last team to win something, I think it was the under-18s in 1993, mm. just a little bit of trivia for you, but 1993 is the year most of this team was born. Right, so anyone... Work it out, yeah. And in the 1993 team, Paul Scholes, Sol Campbell... Theo Walcott, they were all in there. So. What's your point? We're going to win something in 1997. Theo Walcott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Theo Walcott. Six, four, <laughs> yeah. We were all in that 1997. Theo Walcott. Jeff Hurst. Jeff Hurst. Al Brown's still Exceptional team. Mm. I'm going to go Keith Hill, manager of Rochdale AFC. Oh, there you go. Promoted from League Two for the first time in 30. Hector Castro award for that one. I think so. For the whole club throughout his history. Fantastic. Never promoted or relegated since the 1960s. I've finally done it. They were on top for so long in the season and then completely Rochdaled it for about the last three months. They really did Rochdale it, didn't they? Completely lost to Chesterfield at home. In the, you the, say that like... No, no, it wasn't. Sorry, um, it was Darlington. Lost to Darlington 1-0 at home, which was the game that relegated Darlington. <laughs> but if we'd won it, we would have got promoted as champions. But no, 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 no. Lose the next five on the trot and then scrape, like, qualification. <laughs> or the third automatic qualification yeah. spot. Not to count the Rochdale, Not think. to count the Rochdale bit, a bit as well at the end, didn't they? They did. They, everyone had a bit of a wobble in that. Running for it and then they just, but it's just you know, Arsenal had a Rochdale in the end. Leeds <laughs> Rochdale as well, so... Yeah, exactly. At least did it. Yeah, but it's it's to Rochdale, but it's no, it's to Rochdale no longer because they are. Can we talk about the World Cup? Because I I just want to sort of forget a season where Chelsea win trophies. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So uh, I think it's time to move on, guys. Yeah. Forget the 09-10 season. Fuck the 09-10 season. We've got bigger business, bigger fish to fry. That would be tasty. The FIFA World Cup 2010. South Africa and the England squad was announced this week and threw up a couple of surprises um, anyone any initial thoughts on the England squad are we feeling good about it are we feeling confused about it Lee Stage Emerson ultimately we've got all the players that we knew were going to be in the squad in the yeah. first place we've got a solid no, start in 11 I think that's the one talking point I think we've got the core of world-class players that we knew we had, they're the ones would you that say, are going to be the difference makers. Would you say the starting eleven were already there, though? No, I don't. Right. Because I thought Walcott was, was going to be that though. man on the right-hand side. Okay. I honestly did. But now that he's not going to be there, Aaron Lennon must have proved his fitness over the past uh, couple of weeks. Could be Joe Carl. I think, I, think Aaron Lennon, I think Aaron Lennon will be the starter on the right-hand side. Thank I think he's done enough to be the starter on the right-hand side. So what are we debating? What if Lennon's going to be... Oh, Lennon's nailed on for the right hand side. Yeah. Well, ahead of Gerrard or John Cole. Absolutely nailed on. Yeah. All right. There you go. So there's well, no just, argument. Just we can't two votes for Dan. It could be. Right. Well, he's a Leeds boy. There's, there's no way you can claim to know exactly what the first starting 11's going to be. I can't claim. But that's so I like, think it's like saying R- Wayne Rooney's going to start the first game. But no, it's not. It is. It's not. Why would you not start Aaron Lennon? Because you might play Joe Cole wide right. Why? I think, oh, Joe Corbin, I think Joe Corbin more likely to play on the left. Yeah. yeah. And, where yeah. Stephen Gerrard, and then where does Stephen Gerrard go? But what do you do with Stephen Gerrard on the right? 
Yeah. It'll just all just bunch up in the middle. It just won't work. He won't yeah. do that with his but tattoos. But if Barry's no, I think Stephen Gerrard will play on the left. If Barry's fit, which is why he's there, because mm. he's supposed to be fit. I'm just saying, you can't, by any stretch, say Lennon's nailed onto Because nobody knows what the midfield is, because we don't know what striker we're doing, if we even have a second striker. <laughs> That's the one. I think that's the, only, Terry, that's the only position. I think. The back, the back four. We don't know the goalie. We don't know the midfield, and we don't know who's going to accompany Rooney, if anyone. For me. We don't, so we don't know the goalie. We don't know. We don't know. Let's go through the squad, shall we? Let's see what we think. Right, the goalkeepers: Robert Green, David James, and Joe Hart. Uh, I want each of you. Who's who's the starting goalkeeper? Who I want, or who who we, who you want? Joe Hart. Who do you going to be? David James. Green. And it's going to be green. green. Yeah. Who do I want? I Who do you want? I saw Joe. I thought Joe Hart's. He's a very good. His handling is exceptional. He had a good second half against Joe. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. his kicking isn't the best, but who cares? Uh, but I I think you just sort of go with experience in that in that area. And he picked over James. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think I think Green's a good compromise between the two. I think. Well, I think what's yeah. what's the problem with David James being number one in the World Cup? I suppose. He's getting on a bit. And Why does that matter? No, no, I mean, in, in, oh. in the, in the, it affects his reliability and it affects his decision making, I think. But you know, I want, I, I want, I mean, of course, goalkeepers play, you know, get mm-hmm. peak uh, later on. But I think there's, there's a lot to be said for some youth and some, like, alertness and speed of reactions and stuff in, in, in being a international goalkeeper. This is probably a very, like, ridiculous point, but I'm going to make it anyway. I've got no problem with David James starting every single game in the group. In the group, yeah. But I've got severe issues with him starting games that one little thing is going to make the difference because it's yeah. going to be David James. But you do realise the David James is going to drop a ball in the middle of the box against Germany in the second round, and we're going to go out. Do you think we'd be more likely to forgive Robert Green than or Joe Hart than James? Yes. Because James has this calamity James cliche tag about him. I think, he, I, think, I, think up, the, I think the finger would point not only at James, but at yeah. Capella for picking James. Exactly. But and if he fucks up, we'll go, of course, it's because he took exactly. David James. Joe Hart's there on the bench. Why it the probably won't happen, but no, I've no, got it, it's in my it. head that yeah. he's going to do yeah. it. But, but does that mean you just don't want him to start at all? Because you do realise, I'm sure, that the World Cup's a cup competition, not a league, so therefore people will get knocked out. Did you realise um, that? <laughs> <laughs> so therefore... I thought this was... So what's your argument? I thought this was 1942. I don't understand your argument then, that you'd be happy with James starting in the group, but not in the knockouts, when it's all knockout. The whole tournament's a knockout tournament. It a group stage. Yeah. And against teams so what, you'd that we're going to win three or four nil. Against. So why would you start James against the team which are going to win three or four nil? I don't understand. Because your I'd rather the lose. I'd rather beat USA four one and 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 beat. I'd rather beat USA four one with James making a mistake rather than lose one nil to Brazil with James making a mistake. So why don't you just pick your? So why don't you just pick your other keeper the whole time? I don't understand that. Obviously, argument. hence me saying Rob Green. Rob well, I Green. Think, I think I'd rather Rob Green starting. I think right. what I'm Dave's saying is that I think we all know that Capella probably will start with James, but better that he plays him no, earlier no, no. in the tournament when there's less chance for shit to go wrong by start with with James playing. But it's a to- he's going to no, pick. I think, I think if he, he picks, picks him, he picks him in the start. He'll pick him in the end. But if he picks, him, the start, if he picks him in the start and he has a terrible first couple no. of games, then they'll switch it. Right? No, he won't. For me, yeah. I think no, definitely not. I think with goalkeepers, it, it, when it comes to organising defence, from now. Yeah. They should now they announce. They should have told who, now. The, the team should be fully aware already who the number one goalkeeper Absolutely is because agree. they need to be working out who's on the front post, who's on the back post. Some are, some goalkeepers they? don't have a man on the front post. 
you might have him on the edge of the six yard box. They need to be working out all of these kind of things now. Who right organises the defence? Who's shouting for offside? Who's shouting clear from the corner? Some goalkeepers want to do that. Some central, you know, sometimes it'll be John Terry, it might be yeah. Rio. Whoever it is, that all needs to be decided now. David James will have different opinions on that to Joe Hart, who again will have sure. different. So you can't chop and change halfway through. That's I an agree. impossibility unless you've got Capello, an injury. Capello, yeah. Capello said before the Austria game that he will make his mind up hour and a half before the USA game. He doesn't really care. He says it doesn't really matter. Um, all right. So defenders. Now this is where. There's been a few surprises, I suppose, in selection. Mm. People we didn't want in, maybe. People we expected to be there and aren't. I'll just quickly run through them. Uh, Glenn Johnson, Ashley Cole, Stephen Warnock, John Terry, Matthew Upson, Ledley King, Rio Ferdinand and Jamie Carragher. So, no, so who, who's, who's this sort of starting back forward, do you think, out of that lot? Well, I think it's quite it's a straightforward. It's it picks, it it picks itself. Cole, Johnson, Terry and Ferdinand. Yeah. What get what interests me is is <coughs> I'm not in the manager obviously, but I wouldn't. I would it, it just in my just out of pure ideas and options. I would have probably taken one less of those centre backs. Right. Upson King. And I know Carragher's there as cover for Johnson in effect. Yeah. yeah. But I think I genuinely believe that James Milner can fulfil one of those roles. You know. Probably could just yeah. as well as just as well as Johnson in terms of what Johnson He's definitely gives. got more pace than Ex- Carragher. Exactly, right exactly. They're not neither of them are as good defensively as Carragher. But what I mean is, is that if you take a, if you lose an Upson or maybe even a Ledley King because of his injury worries, yeah. it just gives you another option in midfield. Just just as another option, just because yeah, just because you never know. You might look at a game and go, this isn't working. You know, the trickier this you know keeping the ball on the ground isn't working. Kicking the ball in the box isn't working. Get Carragher on and you can hoof it. <laughs> get crosses and yeah. working. Why don't we put get inject a bit of pace in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I massively agree with what you're saying, but my well, I agree exactly with what you've said there about taking um, thinking about Milner as an option for me. I know there was questions over his fitness, mm. but if you ask him, he'd say he was fit. Um, Jolene Lescott, and I would have dropped Warnock and Upson or King, mm. and because I I just think. There's a lot of that. A lot of those players, probably more, maybe half of them, won't actually kick a ball. You're no. saying, what's what is the point? What do we what do we think that? about Warnock being there? Because I, I read something today about he he basically got in the squad. He's he's done well by sitting out. Yeah. He sort of sat on the side. Like the last, last couple of friends, he just sort of like just kept his head down and just sort of because like, like Leighton Baines had a. A kind of crap show he had in the a, yeah, friendlies. I think he had a bit of a nightmare. He did himself. I think he played himself out of the squad, whereas Warnock didn't have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I it's think the training aspect as well. Of course, elements yeah, of training, yeah. the things yeah. that you see in training, and, and that's probably what Capello's really. He's also it. older. I, I think Capello's gone a lot with experience this time around. He seems to mm-hmm. hence why I'm calling Carragher back, keeping Mike Phillips in the squad. I sincerely hope, though, that the Baines thing is, is on the Mexico game and his performances on the matches and in training, rather than him coming out and expressing that if he were to leave, even I'd feel homesick and nervous and stuff. Cause I don't think that's something to do. I hope it I isn't. Reason. I genuinely hope it isn't. I, I don't think it probably... I, I really think, don't I think, think not to be a bit, you know, just uh, slightly racist, actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> Please, go Capello's being a little bit Italian in the sense that... <laughs> I've got this theory about Italian football in that they just do not trust young players mm. at all in any aspect of. <laughs> well, it seems like they just do the not in the big games. They just do not. Even their clubs do not seem to trust young players to perform. Did you notice? Know and hence, they will always get experienced players 
they always prefer them in place of a younger player if the opportunity arises. Yeah. This is England's oldest ever squad to go to a World Cup ever that right? in the history of 28.6, I think, is our average age, yeah. which beats our previous oldest, uh, oldest age of 28.4, which was set uh, by 20 years I think ago. if Beckham and Owen had been fit, they'd be there as well, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. The Skulls had agreed to come back. I'm not entirely happy with Jamie Carragher's selection. No. As a, first of all, I don't particularly rate him as a, as a top centre-back compared to what we have. I certainly don't rate him as a, as a top right-back. Um, and the fact that he's already retired... I've got issues there, but then, for, I've then I can extend that issue onto Capello and the fact that he came out pre-picking his 30s saying, yeah, I wish I'd had Paul Scholes as an option as well. I think, yeah. well, hang on a second. What, what kind of message does that send to, the, to those players in that squad? Like, are, you know, who, but this, who, but what this, does that mean? Like, why is he saying but that? This is precisely what I was saying. You know, pre- previous England, England seemed to always go to a World Cup with one or two quite young players. Yeah. As if like England gets excited by young players. What's well, like Owen in ninety eight, Rooney in in you know, Euro two thousand and four. Like we love yeah, we love the exciting Gascoigne in nineteen ninety. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. John Barnes or whatever. The thing is is you just get but this time it just seems Capello and it's in line as I said, I think yeah. against the Italian thing of yeah, he sense. wants experienced players who he knows is gonna perform. Hence why he takes he tries to get Carragher back. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't try and try, you know, who's the next best right back that England have in terms of who's fit at the moment? Well, I think, I think and it's probably, it's probably it, two years ago you'd have said Michael Richards had that nailed Gary on. Gary Neville, Gary Neville, but he's, you know, I think that's an injury issue, yeah, yeah, an experience yeah, issue. And I think someone like Michael Richards is an example of somebody who Capella would never, would never risk on, but McLaren did risk on. Yeah, and it, it slightly backfired in the Croatia game. You know, the whole back four was disjointed and all this sort of stuff. So we think, and I think this time he's just thought. You know, this is a one-off tournament. It's not about giving people experience. It's about getting out there, performing the in the game. in the hopefully five or six games that we get, mm. and just delivering. So does that mean your expectation to go back to the goalie is that David James will start? Yeah, I think he will. He's an old head. Yeah, I mean Rob Green's Rob Green. How's Rob Green for twenty-seven or something? Yeah, I mean he's fairly young. You know, he's fairly old for he's, he's, he's old in football terms, but he's young for a goalkeeper. Yeah, and I think he'll I think he'll start with David James. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know, think is a weird word because I wouldn't be surprised if he went for green just because of yeah. the group. But you think Hart is third choice? Yeah, I think Hart I think is Hart third, is third choice. choice. Again, we're going along with that theory of risking people. And at the end of the day, I think the only reason why he was toying with Walcott and, and Lennon is the fact that they offer something which old teams don't often have, and that's pace. Yeah. And mm. they're, they're generally the, the only one of a few players England have in their squad who are actually quick. So... This is this is the situation. That's why I didn't risk bringing Adam Johnson. Hardly got a run in. Hardly got a look in. Even though he's, he's displaced, I know we're going to go on to midfield now. I was about to say, since you brought that up, we can move on to midfield. Yeah. Walcott, he can shift. Theo Walcott, he's got three others with him. Liverpool a little bit bare here. Walcott, he's got away from Happier. He's got three to cross to. He never quite, or still hasn't quite, turned out to be the player we wanted him to be. Or we, or we thought he could be, or Wenger thought he could be, or yeah. Capello thought he could be. He should stop start, I think, Theo. And yeah, also, I still, don't, I still don't think they're doing... Basically, because I've still watched him a lot, I always watch England yeah. games, I always watch Arsenal games, obviously, and he always... The best games I've seen him in have been the games when he was playing for under-21s and he was on the left-hand side, and he basically, all he wanted to do was burn, as in 
pace to burn. Yeah. Burn the, the, the full back or the centre back and players. have a shot at goal. Yeah. And that was it. That's it for him. Yeah. He's not that he's not a, a wide midfield player who no. tries to get a cross in or tries to pull the ball back. And he's had to develop that to make him useful, but I just think it's a waste. I think he should be on the front on the left side of a front three and he's mm. three and he's just He's just all about in behind. You play the ball, get there, and have a shot pace. on his right. I, uh, I saw an interesting article with Lee Dixon today uh, on the BBC, just basically saying, I might not have been Lee Dixon, I might have been Chris Waddle. But Chris Waddle was Chris basically he saying no he's got not, he hasn't got a footballing brain. Mm. Um, Which is a fucking damning indictment of a football. Pretty much, especially mm. for a model. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you should I've, I've got a bizarre theory on this. I think. Theo Walcott is too clever for football. He's yeah. I think he's he's because he's quite a smart. Too middle he's quite class. A smart. Yeah, he's quite a smart <laughs> kid. So I think he's one of those players who goes home. And he might talk about the match with his dad. Yeah. Go into it. his dad might say, you know, this is it. and he'll think about it too. Much. Overthinks it. Maybe, Overthinks yeah. it, and then because of the position he plays and he's so quick, he probably sees the ball in every time and he's already thinking, okay, what do I do here? When he's got the ball on the right, like, should I dribble it or should I cross it? And he's so indecisive. Yeah. And I think that's why football is one of those games you almost have to be a little bit stupid because you almost have yeah. to be, just just get well, on with it. Well, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's Yeah, it's, it's, you talk about a football brain. A football brain is, is, is remembering not to use your brain and just using your instinct. physical yeah. instinct. Like moving your body before your brain knows yeah. you've done it. Which is what like someone like Messi does. Yeah. Like he's in space or he's he's played the ball before he's even fucking looked up. But also, I think of the most intelligent footballers uh, in, uh, in terms of even elder statesmen. They've always been traditionally sort of playmaking midfielders because of the sort yeah. of people who they're thinking in an intelligent sense. They get the ball at their feet and they're looking around for someone to pass to. Mm. They're rarely ever. They you know very rarely ever someone who's relied on uh, sort of physical attributes. Yeah. Someone who's relied on just being explosive in the moment or being outrageously skillful beating men all the time. Yeah. They're just rarely like that because they're those sort of types of people just so it, it's instinctive, aren't they? It's a funny thing though about Walcott. When he scored that hat trick against Croatia, mm. could you have possibly entertained the thought that he wouldn't make the England squad? <laughs> no. You know, you're no. sitting watching that, and it's like fucking hell. We've just destroyed Croatia away from home. This is England. Oh, oh, in Walcott's their just destroyed in mm. Croatia. Yeah, yeah, and Walcott he's got a hat trick, and you just think, how could he not get selected? And my big problem with it, I think, is Sean White Phillips is in there ahead of him, mm. and I don't see what Sean White Phillips offers that Walcott doesn't. Because White Phillips offers pace. But no end product. Not, he, offers, he, offers he offers a bit of pace. Acceleration, not as as I say. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's not he's, the sort of person you play a ball over the top and he'll burn the defender and they'll be like, shit, there yeah. comes Wright Phillips. Exactly. He's <laughs> there you sh- go, shit. Where did yeah. as, as we said before, Wright Phillips is the sort of player where his touch is so bad, it just bamboozles the defender. <laughs> the ball comes along and yeah, it's that's like, what you've got to rely on. <laughs> no! It's actually And he scores the shittest. Best goals. Yeah, yeah, the the shooties yeah. into the box goals. He completely shanks the ball and it just goes into the top corner. I'll tell you, it's always been levelled at Lampard, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have we mentioned Johnson? Well, Adam Johnson. Well, the fact that he's, he's, he's in the team, we've, in the Man City team. The fact yeah, that he's ahead, yeah. I mean, is that is that what we're talking about? The fact that he's keeping Sean O'Phillips out of a team? I just, I think Pet Capello just thought, I think he just thought, He's not experienced enough, and it's unfair to have somebody who's playing championship football at the beginning of the year to yeah. be in the World Cup. Yeah. That's just Capello's thinking. I, I think if it had been, even if it had been Sven, but if it had been English managed before, I think they just they would have just gone with. Johnson I think I, I think Johnson's too much of a gamble. 
But I don't see how Wright Phillips keeps Walker out of the squad. I don't see what. I mean, okay, he's, he's, you know, he's played he's more, he's played, played more minutes for him. England. He's scored, he's scored goals. I mean, I've always quite liked him as a yeah, player. I quite like him as but I'm with you. I still, still think he can't, he's, got, he's got nothing mm-hmm. on ball control. Do you think, right, it, was, no, do you think it was the it. Egypt game? Do you think that's the difference? Because yeah. I'd say that him and Crouch came on. When Sean Ruff and that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Him and Crouch came on. He got two assists, was it to Crouch? Yeah, two assists. I love when they come on together. Just yeah, the very, very, very yeah, easy yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when they have interviews at the end. And then you see Sean and Phillips get off the box. Did you yeah. see that one? Yeah, he was standing on the yellow pages. Look, the camera zooms out and Crouch is sitting down. Absolutely. They are the odd couple, aren't they? All right, so we've mentioned it. Uh, Peter Crouch, let's move on to strikers, shall we? Okay, so let's go through the strikers. Wayne Rooney, Jermaine Defoe, Peter Crouch and Emil Heskey have been selected. Winners. Um, they're all winners. And I think we've, if we've agreed on a two-man starting strike partnership, who are your two mates? My two would be Rooney and Crouch. No Just brainer. Start. Yeah? Which is funny because it's almost certainly going to be Rooney and Heskey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no! But no, because I, I would agree with that. I would say Rooney and Crouch as well. Rooney and Heskey. Would be your preferred choice. Mm. Although I did see it, and then you bring Crouch off the bench. You know, if we're struggling. I remember, I, I, well, I remember, it was only today, I, I read a fantastic stat today, <laughs> and it was looking at the international record of Emil Heskey, Rennie Higuita, and Chilliver. And yeah, 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 yeah. I laughed my pants off when I saw that. Did you see that one day? They all scored more goals. <laughs> all <laughs> two goalkeepers have scored more I think Heskey's more like more 54 caps. Seven, seven goals. goals and Chilliver is 73 caps nine goals or something like that yeah. and everyone was like, like eight, eight goals, goals. Yeah. eight goals yeah. he's got eight goals he's got eight goals 60 yeah. something doesn't include yeah. his own I knew Chilliver was a you know crazy mental with free kicks how good is that the thing is that's, this, this is what we're talking about and it's funny that none of us mentioned Defoe as a possible starting striker no because I don't think he is and I think even if you start with Rooney and Heskey I would feel more confident when they started making substitutions sort of maybe about 60, 70th minute with Crouch jogging yeah. on and Defoe jogging on. So therefore you start with Heskey then? If Why if you have to have start Heskey with Heskey in the squad if he wasn't starting? He's yeah. not an impact Well, like exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly my thought. If you start with Rooney and Crouch and then Heskey comes on, we're not, that's it, isn't it? You know we're in you trouble. Well it's like, like that's the end of the game, yeah. Whereas, so in that sense, I, I agree with you, but for me... I would not have taken four strikers. I would definitely have taken either Walcott, which would have sort of been a fourth and a half, or Dazza Ben. I would have taken Ben. Are you saying you would have taken five strikers? Definitely. Or waste utter I would have have taken four. You only take five for me if you've got a question mark over... If I was Spain, for example, and you've got a question mark over Torres' fitness... Yeah. I'd take five strikers because you take five if you're, if you're going to so play if, if you're going to play three across the front like a team like Spain are going to do like England aren't England don't need five strikers we just don't need five but Walcott's it's going to be two or one front, what's the point in having Bent and Defoe if Rooney's going to start every game and you're not going to start any of those with him so you, you, they're just going to be people off the bench so you, what you do you, the only time you bring on Crouch and Defoe say England are chasing the game and they desperately need goals. Yeah. So they'll take off, they might take off like a defender just to put the foe up front. Or Heskey's knackered from just charging. Flicking the ball on and missing open for goals. an hour, yeah. But the thing is, it's, I mean, that's the reason Heskey plays and the reason that 
Hello Pixism is that Rooney scores more goals and England generally play better when he's on the pitch. Mm. I think Rooney's like... Well, he's our defensive... In the, last, in the last three years, Rooney scored two goals when Heskey hasn't played and nine mm. goals or something mm. when he has, mm. which is an argument enough, I suppose. If he enables Rooney to play his game... I think the big difference... That's kind of a, but for me, that's kind of a stupid point because England are still winning these games. It doesn't matter who yeah. scores the goals. What a load of Yeah, nonsense. yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Peter Crouch <coughs> isn't able to score the to goals mm. when he's not on the pitch. So it's yeah, it's he, a stupid he, point. It's a Crouch, null point. Pete Crouch isn't really for me, he's not really a great team player in the England setup. He's just whenever I've seen it. him he's so he's quite isolated. In fact all his goals they quite he always scores some sort of poachers goals yeah. or he's never involved in flicking the ball on for the other striker or layoffs for the other striker. It's always him on the end of the chance. Well I mean you wouldn't I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't question like if we were doing this podcast before Italia night, would we be talking the same thing about Lineker? Like we would be saying, well, you know, he's not a team yeah, player, he's and he's, he's there, he's at the end of balls, and he's he smashes going back yeah, in but, there. But, yeah, but like, we've got our we've got our, our spearhead strikers, Wayne Rooney. But why does he have to be the spearhead? Because he doesn't. But Wayne Rooney, so went, Wayne Rooney, 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 Rooney went for a long time. We want Wayne Rooney to be at the end of the chances. I want Wayne Rooney to have whatever situation he needs to allow him to be the world class player no, he is so that's, that's, he was well, yeah, that's what I'm saying that's, that, that is the compelling when I saw when we saw well, you, did you see the Mexico game and you saw yeah. that Rooney when he had the only time he got any link up with anybody because he didn't get it from Walcott and he didn't get it from Crouch was with, was with Gerard. Yeah. that's the only time he got any sort of inter- otherwise he's just on his own trying to beat players he gets frustrated and then he starts kicking people. And he yeah. gets <laughs> and he spends the next six minutes and he tackling it, back. He did against Japan. He did against Japan. He sort of becomes a little one-man show. Like the ball yeah. comes to him, he'll have a shot, keeper saves it, he gets fucked off. Or just run off. Goes and does a high tackle on someone's knee. So that- Whereas when he's got Heskey, Hes- when Heskey's there, Heskey does all that sort of physical barging players out of the way. And really well, donkey work, work, basically. Exactly, yeah. but Crouch is not a donkey worker. No. He's not mobile enough. He just sort of, the ball comes and he'll sort of go... Little yeah. flick on, I've just sort of dropped my shoulder. <laughs> He'll just do a little, little pointless flick on onto nobody. Mm. But he, the good thing, Crouch knows where to be for the goal. He's a decent striker. So you'd have Crouch off the bench then? Uh, had, I'd have him off the bench because he will get you a goal if you right. need him. But as far as starting the game, not for me. Mm. Well, I can see your point because, well, for me, I think if we start with Crouch. There's no nowhere to go. I wouldn't feel confident bringing either Defoe or Heskey off the bench to try and win a game. Mm. Whereas bringing Crouch on, you think, ooh, that you know, there's, well, an, extra, and, and there's an extra Crouch, goal Crouch has, Crouch has has previous of this. You know, he does come yeah, on he and does, he does change games and he does score goals. And I that's, do that's love Peter Crouch. He's one of my favourites. No, and he's, and he's, and, and, but that's the funny thing we talk about, like. Heskey being there enables Wayne Rooney to play well. I don't think Wayne plays that badly when Crouch is there. Go but what, but what gets everyone knows that the, it's, a, it's a team game in the sense that at the highest level, you want your best players to be able to perform at their maximum. And all this rubbish about if we put Gerald and Lampard in the middle, they're both good players and they're both able to perform. Yeah, they will when we play Slovenia. When we play yeah. Spain, you know, it's too much apart. to ask for them to. It will fall apart. <coughs> Why not have them an average player? Who's decent in the role just to help them out? Yeah. Sits there in front of the defence, helps them out, freedom. and that's the same with the Heskey thing. Yeah. And all the good teams have always had that. Whoever's won the World Cup has always had you remember one, one player, or two though. average shit. Like the donkey working striker up front, Givarsh or whatever. Yeah, and random people like Cleverson in the midfield. And they win the World Cup. It's not eleven stars. It's a team 
with one or two, three stars in it who perform. You yeah. could go back to, I mean, most recent example, looking at the Spain squad, everyone talks about how did Cesc Fabregas not get in that starting eleven? Mm. Who's better, him or Senna? Like, yeah. There's no comparison. It's not about who's better. But it's not, exactly, it's yeah. not about who's the best player, it's about picking the best team. And that's what... Um, that's, that's, what the, that's what the best managers do. They're not interested in picking the best players. Yeah. They're interested in picking the best team. And but that's, I, what, that's why we trust Capella. Well, why was it? Everyone was licking, well, not literally, licking uh, Senna's balls after that tournament. Yeah. Because he was, like, Oh, he's absolutely fantastic. All he was was, he was allowed to fulfil a role yeah. that allowed other players to flourish. And that meant the team flourished. Mm. It's like Nicky Butt winning in the 2002 yeah. World Cup. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, Nicky Butt, he's absolutely brilliant now. But that's exactly it. If you can create a just, well, pick it, not necessarily a destroyer, but a ball winner, it can be good. And that's why I don't think Lampard and Gerrard is the solution. And the fact that Capello at the last minute sort of gone, oh yeah, we'll just throw them, oh yeah, it worked quite nicely against average opposition. Awful for me. And if that's, that's going to be the start, if Barry's not fit, if Barry's not fit, pick Carrick. Just do it because that's what he's there for. Surely, he can't goodness. defend to save his life. No, he's well, who then? Who then? Who do you do? So, so who do you go to then? To Milner? King? I haven't got clue. King? I mean, this is. I've got concerns about this. I've got massive concerns. I don't think. It's not a single defensive. It's not a single defensive-minded midfield player who knows how to defend. Barry's injured, and Capella doesn't want to play a carrot because he's not right for him, and we end up playing Gerrard and Lampard in the middle. The one thing, the only thing that's going to happen, because Gerard will be able to d- fulfil a role that's given to him. If you just say, Gerard, you're going to play what Barry usually plays. You're going to be a bit of a dog's body running around. He'll yeah. do it. We'll just lose his attacking option. Yeah. Now you know, I understand what what you're all saying in the fact that that's not good, but. Ultimately, I'd rather have Gerard in that. In that but even if, even if Gerard's doing that, Lampard's still up. And we've still got Lampard, and then we've got a gap in the back, in the in the in the right. forward, we can put Joe Cole. We did some predictions when we did our first ever podcast. Mm. Uh, back in the day, I don't have it doesn't exist. But it doesn't actually. <laughs> Shit, I don't have my computer. Um, I want to know if you. I mean, if you remember them, if you're sticking by your predictions, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Because we're wrapping up tonight. Who do we think is going to win? I remember my prediction. Who was that? It hasn't changed. Go on. Maybe like to guess. Probably said Spain. I probably said England. You said England? Yeah, I don't believe that now, do I? (laughs) Darren Bent's not going. I I believed England until I watched that Japan game. I said, come on England, look, let's just just be positive. I'll tell you one thing though, for me... I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older and a bit more used to disappointment. Um, <laughs> That's uh, the British way to grow up. That is, that is, <laughs> but I just feel like this this time round, I don't I don't think we're gonna win it. I don't feel as hopeful as I have in the past. I don't feel like we've got this god given idea. It's actually it's not as hyped as it was in those six. But, but in a strange way, the fact that it's it's I'm not going in with this. We're definitely gonna win the World Cup. That makes you think. Ooh, where we are. <laughs> <laughs> You've anti hyped yourself. Anti-hyped yourself. Oh, I'm so confused. You know, the worst thing about it is I think this is the one of England's best and most well-prepared That's what we said in 2006. And the best manager we've had. That's what we said four years ago. Four, but the worst thing is that... It's still not going to work. It's frustrating. Also, we've got we've got a kind draw in the sense that we've avoided the two best teams in the tournament. Or ranked to the semis, yeah. yeah. It's funny, the more the weeks go on, the more I sort of think that Brazil won't win it for some reason. Yeah. Something makes me think. think I think the European team's going to win it. Um, I think England are going to get to the semi final 
And Brazil are going to win the World Cup. Brazil. Okay. Is that who would face it? Oh okay, my yeah. god, the World Cup is so exciting. We're going to lose to the winners. If England gets to the semi-finals, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah. I'll be so happy. I'd take it. Just really like, I'll take, I will honestly take semi-finals and not feel disappointed. I'll only feel disappointed if we go up and we're up against fucking Paraguay or something. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we don't win. I will be good. In fact, Portugal. If we don't beat Portugal, oh god, oh, fast fast. Fast. If we don't beat, no. See, you know who our second round match is, though. Germany. Germany, Germany or, yeah. or, well, or Australia or so, Australia. Oh, Serbia. Oh, the ones oh, I want to could avoid. Be any of them. I mean, uh, it's good. I'll take. I Germany. think that's the most. Tell you what, Ghana would be nice. I quite like Ghana in the second. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah, rather take Germany than Ghana. Essie and let's go. Nagano, everyone's been like they're blown away. They'll be average. I think I think we got a kind, uh, kind, fairly kind draw to get that semi because we'll have France, the winner of France is in the quarters maybe. Yeah, in that quarter final. Yeah. And come on, if we can't beat France, this French team, oh, we'll never beat France. No point. Yeah. We'll never. Beat I know France they're the jammiest team in international football at the moment, but they're run by a man who picks his players on star signs. If we don't <laughs> beat him now, we'll never beat him. Who's also who also knows he's out of a job after the tournament yeah. as well. It's good. They're going to be shit. This as well. Although I think if we if Benzema was English, he might have been on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a Sagittarius. If Ronaldinho is English, he, he might have been on the plane. But he's not a defensive midfielder. So you, <laughs> you said England semi final. I don't oh no. Just say it, that's fine. And who was going to win? I generally, I generally, in a weird way, I, I don't really want Brazil to win it because I just don't like that style of football. Um, and Spain, I don't want Spain to win it because they're a smaller country than England and it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> so, but they're not too small. Smaller they're not like. I'll explain this theory. You mean in like international stature? What yeah, what I mean is. Because they've won it before. I like and to see teams like Holland win the World Cup because yeah. Holland have got a very small population, but they play football, you know, attractive. They make us look bad. They make us look bad, but yeah. we, I'll always know the potential that England. <laughs> be better at Holland at some point just, just by the law of averages yeah. that was year 96 exactly they're due for spanking whereas certain other teams you sort of like even a, even your Brazils and such you sort of think if they're going to win a World Cup playing this sort of style with the popul- population that they have and the football love that they have it'd just be a real shame yeah so, you know Boring. That's boring. That's 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 the about that ninety four win. You know, it's just a bit boring. Or like the two thousand six win. Two win. Six. Yeah, right. Yeah. Both those World Cups just a bit boring. Well, this one. The the two thousand two World Cup was an exciting World Cup with loads of shocks in, but the final was the least shocking, exciting thing ever. And that's that's the one thing I don't want from this World. It's actually two thousand Euro two thousand eight was like that as well. Like it was kind of you know. Loads of crazy things happening, Russia and Germany. Turkey and all that sort of stuff. It's like and Germany. Germany. <laughs> just like they don't do anything. Strolling through to the final and then just look, like, If you look over like, the last 20 years, like say in our lifetimes of international mm. tournaments, Germany have done really, really well in all of yeah. them mostly. Can you think of a single memorable German moment out of any of <laughs> I can remember like, I remember Germany getting knocked out of 94 by Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah that was but that's very losing. memorable, but that's but the movie. And it's like, literally. Your Dan Lechkov with his bald end. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can remember like, nothing that Germany have done. Here's a better one for it's you. Exciting. That 2002 World Cup, their route to the final. Remember, bear in mind that England played Argentina, Sweden, Nigeria, Denmark, and then Brazil. Yeah. Fairly difficult games. Yeah, very difficult games. Germany played Saudi Arabia, Republic of Ireland, Cameroon, 
Paraguay, United States, and South Korea to reach the World Cup final. Oh, oh fucking it! And we beat the five-one. Imagine if we got that route. Yeah, we should have lost. Because if we got that route though and won the World Cup, we go, oh shit, that didn't count. We didn't beat anyone good. I would never say that. <laughs> no. That no, is no, quite incredible. Really take, I would take that route to the World Cup final to yeah. lose. The I would happily lose in the World Cup final. The only good team they played was Brazil in the final. Yeah. And they lost. And they lost, yeah. And Khan was the player, you know. Do you know what I don't want? I don't want to see England in a third, fourth player because that'll be depressing. What if we could have been in If it's a Brazil Spain final, yeah, and England are playing Holland in the third place. I'll take that and yeah, go. That'd be all right. That'd be cracking. As I long think, as we, I, I think an England semi-final would be a great. As long as, as long as we've lost to Spain and we've been spanked. Yeah. If we've lost to Brazil one nil because they've defended well they and they've had one like cross which Glenn Johnson has flicked off his and head really got injured and the tenth Fabiano's put in, yeah. I'll be so disappointed because it'd be like you know. I don't want to be beaten by Brazil in this fashion. I just, no. You know, it's embarrassing. This is not the Brazil side we should lose to. No, no, yeah. definitely not. Definitely. Even I think it's the semis. Yeah. Like Italian, I think we, we, were, were, we were all like what five when that happened. Reckon, I think we need to see him get to. Do you reckon Capello yeah. believes we can win this tournament? Yeah, I think he does. I think he has to, yeah. he's a sort of he's, he's a sort of person who does yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, think, think, I think. And also, he's he's known he's known little other than success in his managerial career. He's not used to to crushing disappointment. And I think he will turn it on. I think we've kind of done it. I think oh. we're, we're all suitably World Cup fevered up. We hope all our listeners are World Cup feverish now. Uh, I think all that remains for us to say, adios. And here's to South Africa. Our correspondent Seb is going to South Africa. I am. Um, for the whole tournament because he's a jammy bastard. I'll send some photos if there's any. Yeah, and we're going to try and possibly even get some sort of incredibly technologically advanced Skype it's link up. I'll, I'll, try and do it. I'll, I'll do one link after we play Algeria and they foul the shit out of us and Rooney's out of the Yeah, exactly. Or maybe just phone one of us up and leave a long voicemail and we'll just splice it in somewhere. <laughs> a little second yeah, exactly. A little voicemail rant. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Um, let's just say goodbye, everybody. Uh, say goodbye, Matt. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye, Dave. Goodbye. And Sam. Bye. And me, bye. Bye. Wicked. Football basement are Joe Cheeseman, Andy Hallway, Seb Hutchinson, Dave Jameson, Matt Lavery, Matt Roger, and Warren Vickers. Editing by Matt Roger. Music by Park Chimp. Thank you.